Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good. Got some applause. Thank you so much. Um, my name is Sean. If you're new with us, I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you came to see Pastor Will, sorry. <laughs> we don't give you things to notice in advance because we're afraid no one would show up. So we like to keep it on the down low until you get here. Matter of fact, I was surprised when Megan told you all that, that half of you just didn't go like, okay, this is worthless. Let's just go on home. Not really. That's just a little tomb. But hey, I do want to talk to you about something that's important to me. It's near and dear to me, my heart. And I think um, if you know me and you've uh, been with me up on this platform, you'll get what I'm about to say. I have a problem because I have a big mouth. It's okay to laugh at that. It's true. I have a big mouth. There are times I say things that I got to apologize for. Part of it's because I'm a verbal processor, and so it's not really a real idea until I get it out there. Some of us are like that. Either we're verbal processors or we're internal processors. And so I may think it, but until I say it, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. And then I say it, people hear it, and they think I said it in a way that meant that that was in concrete. I was just going like, let's play with that for a little bit. And they're like, that was stupid. And yeah, but here's another problem. I'm also real blunt. I don't mean to be, but I think honesty is the greatest thing in the world. So I'm just blunt. And so sometimes my big mouth gets in the way. But here's what I've come to learn. As I look around our nation, as I look at the state of our culture, I'm not the only one dealing with a big mouth. We've all got a big mouth problem at times. We've all said things that we regret. We all have relationships that are wounded because of our big mouth. And so I want to talk this morning a little bit about that and how we can deal with it. And so if you've got to leave early, um, I want to give you the application or the bottom line uh, in the very beginning so that way you get it. And it's simply this. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Now, I found out in the last message, I'm not a great choir teacher. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say this with me. So when I point, you say it out here with me. Quick to listen, slow to speak. One more time. Here we go. Quick to listen, slow to speak. I'm getting better at it. Still not there. Here, one more time. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Now, it gets even better. It gets even better. I got hand signals. Come on. Get your hands out like this. Make a fist with me. Come on. This will be fun. Yeah, not really, Sean. Okay, put your hands out. Okay, here we go. So whenever I say quick to listen, I want you to throw your hands open really fast. All right? Here we go. Quick to listen. All right, now you got it. So now say it with me. One, two, three. Quick to listen. There you go. One last time. One, two, three. Quick to listen. All right, and the last part, let's draw it out there. The, the slow, let's really draw it out. Here we go. From the very top. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. All right, so why do I do that? Why do I take you through that little charade, that little game? Here's why. Have you ever noticed, maybe that it's so, like we just does it, it's just so natural, that when we get in an argument with somebody, when we get in a conflict, what do our hands start doing? Start tightening up. We start taking a defensive position, a defensive posture, but here's what happens. We don't swing at somebody, but what happens in that moment, whenever we close our hands, it's also telling us we're closing our ears, we're closing our mind, and we're closing our heart. We're in conflict you're my enemy now, I have nothing to hear what you have to say. 
And so when we're in that time, whenever things are in a conflict, this week when you're in a meeting at work and you all of a sudden feel the tension coming up, and maybe you clench your hands, maybe you don't, but you can feel it. Remember this, be quick to listen and slow to speak, okay? And here's why this is so important. When conflicts happens, both people in conflict actually want the exact same thing. How can that be, Sean? Why would they be in conflict? Because here's the deal. In conflict, this is what we want above more than else. We want to be heard and understood. The bottom line is, we want to be heard and understood. When we're in conflict, I want you to be quick to listen to me and slow to speak. And you want me to be quick to listen to you and slow to speak. Because we both want to be heard and understood. More than anything else, we want to be heard and understood. Because here's what I know. We may never agree, but can you at least listen to me? I mean, mom and dad, you may not agree with this major that I want, but can you just listen? I mean, boss, I, I know that I'm going to end up doing what you want to do on this, but can you at least hear my idea? Can you at least hear where I'm coming from? I mean, no, I, I know that you don't agree with her for me. I know you don't agree for him for me. But can you at least listen to me? That's all we want. Can somebody please listen to me? Can somebody please hear me? And if we will do that, it will be a game changer. Matter of fact, if you are a college student here today, or you're a high school student, or a junior high student, I want to speak directly to you for a second, all right? Now, once, you did, once I tell you this, you've got to hold on to it for a second, put it in your back pocket, because they'll know what you're doing. But here's what you do to your parents. Next time they do that thing that parents do, they're giving you the dad talk. They're giving you the mom talk, okay? And I know because I'm good at these talks, okay? When they're giving it to you, all right, if you'll just stop for a second and go, hey, hey, dad, um, I don't understand what you're trying to say. So is there any way you could say it in a little bit different way? Because I really want to understand what you're saying. They'll just stop right there. Their jaw will be on the ground. Because no one does this. No one does this. What do we do? We argue. We argue. We don't stop and listen. We argue. We're at it. We're in it. We're fighting for it. We're not listening. We're not understanding. And therefore, we feel frustration. But this is what I know. I can't hear you until I know you've heard me. I cannot hear you until I know you've heard me. Okay? We all know this. That's the reason why things keep escalating. It's like talking to somebody in a different country and they don't speak English. And so what do we do? Restroom! Where's the restroom? We just start talking louder. What's that going to do? But that's an argument for us, isn't it? I don't rethink how to say it. I just start talking louder. I just escalate the argument. So, Jay, so this is what we got to do. We got to be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Quick to listen and slow to speak. 
Now, I would love to tell you that I'm a genius and I came up with that, but y'all know I'm not a genius. This comes from us, um, from a guy by the name of James. Now, James is a pretty um, uh, famous guy, but James gets overshadowed because he had an even more famous brother, brother, and his brother was Jesus. Can you imagine if your brother was Jesus? That would probably be a really cool thing. But when James was an adult, he didn't think it was a really cool thing. He kind of thought Jesus was crazy. It wasn't until after the resurrection that he thought, oh, that's a really cool thing. He truly believed, and in that moment, he became a leader, the leader of the church in Israel. And so if you were first century and you were going to Israel and you went to the first church, this little gathering that was happening there, James would be on the platform speaking to each of us. Now, he wrote this book. It's full of just wisdom after wisdom after wisdom. But he wanted us to think about how we talk and how we speak and how we listen to one another. So this is how James says it. James 1, 19, he says this. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Now, that doesn't even make sense, does it? I keep saying that, and y'all been hearing it, and y'all been repeating it. Thank you, that was very sweet of you. But how do we listen quickly? Does anyone know how to do that? I, I don't know how to do that. So what James is doing here, he's taking two things that don't go together, and he's mushing them up, and he's trying to say, hey, I want to get your attention. Slow down. Think about this. Hey, when you're getting in an argument, when things are getting heated, remember this little silly saying. Be quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen. Then he goes on and says this, and be slow to speak. Really what he means here is be late to speak. We can't do that, can we? No, when that gap happens, when that moment happens, whenever that they, things they're saying, when they just take a breath for a second, oh, we got to swoop in. We gain the high ground now. Now we get to. And James is saying, no, be late. Be late. Be late. And I would have this. Become curious in that moment. Become curious. Start asking questions. You know, whenever you're in a conversation with somebody and you can tell, oh, this is about to go. Look, they got more here to unpack than I'm really ready to listen to at this moment. It's just dragging on and on and on. Instead of doing what we normally want to do, James would tell us, hey, this is time to get curious. This is time to ask a question. But Sean, if I ask a question, they're going to keep going on and on and on. They're going to go down more rabbit trails. This is never going to end. And to that, I would tell you, don't ask one question, ask three. You know, in America, we say things that other people in other countries don't understand. Hey, how's it going? Good. That's all we're looking for right there, right? We don't really care how it's going. But if you really want to care how you're going, when somebody says, good, tell me why. Oh, wait a second. Uh, because um, my kids said, that. oh, that's awesome. Can you tell me about that? Oh, see, it's not the first question. It's not the second question, but you get to the third question, now the person across from you, you know they care. You know they care. And this is all James is telling us. The person you're sitting across from that you're not seeing eye to eye with, that you're having this conflict with, that hair is starting to rise in the back of your head, don't let it rise. Ask questions. Ask questions. 
Be quick to ask questions and slow to speak. Slow to speak. And this is why it's so important. Parents, husbands, wives, we may be right. The way you think about things may be right. But you can write the person you love right out the door. We all have this. We all have a friend we can think about. We all have a relative we can think about. Sadly, we all have a child we can think about. Not all of us, but it's too common. And there's no communication. Because we were right, and we let them know we were right. And we looked up and we said, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Yeah, they went right out the door. And you know what? You did the same thing in relationships. There are some days when you look back now and you go like, yeah, they were right. But the way they said it, the way they approached it, the arrogance that they had, I can't be around them. I can't be around them. Because all of us, no matter who we are, we want to be understood, not lectured. James is saying this is powerful. This is so fundamental. If we can learn to do this, if we can learn this practice of being quick to listen, quick to listen, even in conflict, being quick to listen, waiting, trying to find out, making sure we hear them so we can understand them, it can be a game changer. But we've got to be quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen. James then says this, this next part, if you can do the first two, the last part's easy. If you can't do the first two, the first part is so, and the last part's so difficult. Everyone needs to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. I don't know about y'all, but I can get re angry really quickly. Matter of fact, I have achieved um, master level ninja angry, okay? It just sets underneath me, and I can just go to it like that, as no motion. All right? Sometimes I explode. But sometimes, and, that, and like there's about 40% of us, that's what we do. We explode. People look at us like, wow, dude, you got a problem. Okay? We explode. These others of us, we turn inward, and we get quiet. And our anger looks like this. We pout. We stomp. We sulk around. I do this at home. I'm so good at it, I can do both these, Okay? And what am I trying to get? I'm trying to get Kim, my wife, to say, Sean, what's wrong? What's wrong, baby? What's wrong? And what do I say to her? Nothing. What is that? It's just a tool we use to gain control over others. It's just a tool. It doesn't matter which one of these you use. If you turn inward or you explode, they both have the same thing. It's not them. That's just the tool. What do we really want? Control. I want you to do what I want you to do when I want you to do it. And if I got to get mad about it and explode, I'll do that. If I got to sulk and explode, make you feel sorry for me, I'll do that. But as long as I get my way, I'm okay. I'm okay. And James is saying, no, you're not. 
this isn't good. This is damaging. This is not what you're supposed to be. It hurts you. It does not help you. James is trying to tell us, don't get angry, get curious. Don't get angry, get curious. Now, the anger James is talking about here can be defined like this. Drawing hasty, misinformed, relationally destructive conclusions. Okay? How many of us jump to conclusions? We're in church now. We all do. We can't help but do it. And here's why, because our brains need it. It's like a, it's like a shorthand. Oh, that's what they're talking about. He just jumped to there. Okay? But when we do that, when we do that, we get ourselves in trouble. Because nobody wants to be jumped to conclusions. You don't want it to happen to you. You don't like whenever somebody moves on conclusions from you, because most of the times our conclusions are wrong. They're false. They're not correct. And so it hurts our relationships. And so this type of anger, where we jump to conclusions, gets in our way. And James says, I got a much better way. It's in my own terms, but this is what James is saying. The longer you listen, the more you learn, and the less angry you'll become. The longer you listen, the more you'll learn, and the less angry you'll become. Because here's the deal. If at least you understand where someone's coming from, you don't have to agree with them. But at least you can see, oh, I can see a path of how you got there. I can see how that makes sense to you. I'm not telling you that we're supposed to agree on everything. What James is trying to say here is, you gotta listen to make sure you truly understand where they're coming from before you make hasty decisions that are gonna get in the way of your relationship with the person that you love. Now here's why that little saying is so important. Because everything that everyone does makes total sense to them. Duh. I mean, we all know that. But it gets worse. Everything everyone says makes total sense to them. And if the things they do, the things they say makes total sense to them, then everything that people believe makes total sense to them. But how many times, I'm going to ask you to be truthful again, how many times have we said, why did they do that? Why did they say that? How can they believe that? When you ask that question, why, I don't know why, they would do, say, or believe that. That is your moment to pause, to put on the brakes, and to ask this question. Who needs an education in that moment? I'm going to give you a hint. It's in the beginning of the phrase. I don't know. Who doesn't know? I don't know. When you start saying, I don't know, I don't understand, I can't comprehend, that's your pause to stop and go, oh, I need an education. I need to start asking questions. I need to try and learn. I need to become a reporter. Because you know what a reporter does? They dig into the story. They find out why. They don't criticize. 
They don't cast blame. They don't try and tell. They just dig into the story to find the facts of why they're doing what they're doing. Reporters from other countries can go to their opponent and talk to their leaders. They'll give them interviews. Why? Because they know that reporter is coming to find out something, not try and impose something. And when we become a reporter in our relationships, when we take on that posture of I'm not trying to manipulate this, I'm just trying to find out why, walls come down. Conversations can happen. Stories can be told. That's what we got to do. For the last 10 years, I've been trying to work on this because I'm going to tell you right now, what I just told you to do, I'm terrible at. You can ask my daughters, okay? This is just me just confessing how bad of a dad I was. I am. I'm not really. We have a great relationship. But I'll tell you, I, I did a lot of assuming. And why would they? And I can't believe And what I started doing was going like, that's hurting. So you know what? I'm not going to criticize anything I don't know. I'm not going to condemn anyone I don't know why. And I'm not going to look down on any idea that I don't get. I'm going to become curious. And what that's done for me, it's made me better at understanding people, better at understanding relationships. It's broadened my understanding of ideas. Do I agree with all of them? No. But I at least now can go, I see how you got there. I see why you got there. Leaders forever have known this. I don't know if they got it from James, but just intuitively we know. There's a guy by the name of Stephen Covey. He's been a leadership um, teacher for a long time. And he wrote a book a long time ago, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And so um, this is the habit that he gives us here. Habit number five. Seek first to understand, then to under to be understood so yes it's a biblical thing but this is also just a good leadership thing seek first to understand become a reporter ask good questions when you don't get it start digging in because the person across from you wants you to know that you understand them before you tell them what you are feeling and that's what you want that's what I want. We all want somebody just to listen and to get it, to try and understand. But we don't. We argue. We get in the way. We've got to practice. Practice not being critical. Practice listening. We've got to keep on, keep on learning. Because as long as we're learning, our relationships are growing. But when we stop learning, our relationships die. We can't improve our relationships if we're not willing to learn. Think about this. Most men and women in a relationship, it starts ending when the other person stops asking questions. I'm not saying a divorce is happening, but the level of that relationship stops at that moment. It doesn't even have to be a married couple. Friends that you have, you have at certain level because you stop being really caring anymore about getting to know them. So you stop asking questions. So the relationship may not die, but it does not grow. We've got to be curious for relationships to grow, and we've got to become educated, and we've got to learn for that relationship to grow. James goes on to say this. 
And this is really where all of a sudden, all this I've been talking to you now for the last 20-something minutes has been leading up to this point that James is trying to make here, okay? Everything like that was, that was just foundational. This is really what he's trying to tell us. Be, <clears throat> everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. All righteousness means here is the rightness, okay? When we get into an argument, we disagreement, here's what's going on here. I have an agenda. You have an agenda. I believe I'm right. That's my righteousness. I try and impose my righteousness with being smarter than you, being quicker than you, with being more angry than you. I need to propose my agenda on you. And you're fighting to keep your agenda from being imposed on me. And so we're at a deadlock in that moment. Okay? But there's also a third agenda. And that's God's agenda. And John looks at us and goes, you two knuckleheads, cut it out. Neither one of your agendas are right. I'm not on the side of either one of your agendas. I have my own agenda. And I didn't come to take your agenda. I came so that you could take my agenda. And I don't bow to anyone's agenda but my own. Because my agenda is right. I'm God. If you want to argue with God on that one, you go right ahead. That's how we grow. I'm just going to tell you that right now. When we start wrestling with God over an agenda, he'll break us. But you're going to grow, and you're going to start learning, oh, wow, he is so much bigger and greater and loving and gracious than I could have ever imagined. So God doesn't come and say, I'm on one side or the other. No, he says, no, you're going to come to mine. I'm God. Because God knows this. We want to be right at each other, but God wants us to be right with each other. We want to be right at each other, but God wants us to be right with each other. Now, why does this happen? My agenda starts happening because my agenda is driven by how I was raised, how I grew up, the things that I experienced, where I went to college, my friend group. Those all become a filter of ideas. I told you earlier, our brain is really smart, but it learns how to take shortcuts. And so when I start hearing something, I like throwing, I filter it into a bucket. Oh, that's this or that's that. Okay? Now, have you ever gone on a camping trip and just taken one cup with you? And you like to have coffee in the morning like I do? I gave and have coffee in that. You know, it's so good. I have it. Oh, wait, I have another one. Oh, I have one more. Oh, did I drink the whole pot? I'm sorry. I'll just make more. All right. I can drink a lot of coffee. But since I only have that one cup, you know what happens to my water at lunchtime? I get to have coffee again because there's still some remnant of coffee in my coffee cup. And you know, at dinner time, it's coffee again. That's okay with me because I like coffee. But here's the deal. It's diluting the taste of what's really in my cup. Our agendas are the filters that dilute the conversations that we're having with others. And when we can bypass that by being patient, by listening, by asking questions, by being curious, we bypass those natural filters that we have. And now really hear what somebody has to say. Really hear what somebody's trying to tell us. Really hear what somebody's trying to say that they feel. Now all this that that um, 
James is giving to us is really just an application for the one commandment that Jesus gave to us. His older brother gave us one commandment. So he didn't give us ten, he gave us one. And this is a fundamental commandment of our faith. If you follow Jesus, this is what he wants us to do. In, James, in John 13, says this, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. As I have heard you, so you must hear one another. If I have spoken to you, you must speak to one another. This is the application that James is trying to give us. This is what Jesus is trying for us to see and to understand. He's saying, guys, when you do this, when you are quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen, and slow to speak, you're doing what our, my brother, our Savior, taught us to do. And if you go read Jesus' story, Jesus didn't come to be right. If he wanted to just come to be right, that would have taken like 30 minutes. He'd have been beamed down. He'd have started, hey, you guys all come here. Let me tell you the right way to go. He would have told us what was right. We'd thrown a couple of questions out there like the Pharisees did. He would have shot us down pretty quickly. And it'd have been over with. If he came for us just to be right, there would have been no need for a cross. Jesus didn't come to make us right, to be right. He came to make us right with his Father. And for us to be right with his father, we've got to be right with each other. So if you have conflict with somebody right now because you think you're right, you're wrong. Because that's not what God says is right. He challenges each and every one of us. It's on you to go make it right. It's on you to go do what I've done for you to make it right. Don't settle for being right. Make things right. Don't settle for being right. Make things right. All right, real quickly, I got a couple application questions. And if you want these, you can get them text to you after lunch um, by just texting it in. If you're already on it, it's there. If you want to take a picture of it, you can. These are just questions you can ask over lunch, over dinner with somebody, or just even with yourself in your quiet time. But it's this. We've all heard it said, never talk about politics, sex, money, or religion at the dinner table. <clears throat> what area do you think brings up the most conflict in your family or with your friends? All right, question two. When someone accuses me, I'm quick to. Question three. When I know I'm right, I'm quick to. Think about those this week. Think about where you can grow. And also think about this. When you start thinking about that person you'd have a conversation with and tension starts rolling up, let's put our fists out together real quick for me. Come on. One, two, three. Be quick to listen. One more time. One, two, three. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, that you chose to come. Not as somebody who was a preacher. Or a prognosticator. Or a prophet. Or a politician. Or even a poet. You came as a child, as a baby, somebody who could say nothing, who had to be taken care of. And for 30 years, Lord, you listened. 
You sought to understand. You saw our pain. You saw our anger. You saw our hurt from loss. And Lord, you took it in. Not criticizing, not judging, not lecturing, but listening, asking questions. And then after 30 years, you finally spoke. And the amazing thing was, people who were nothing like you were drawn to you. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we are nothing like you, but you draw us to us. And I pray, Lord, that we will take the gift you've given to us. And we will start listening. We'll start listening because our relationships mean more than our arguments. We'll start listening because our families mean more than our opinions. Lord, we'll start listening because our friends mean more than winning an argument that leaves us alone. If that's you today, if you're here today and you've won a lot of arguments, but you've hurt a lot of people, your big mouth has gotten in the way of you like my big mouth has gotten in the way of me, I just want to pray for you. You can raise your hand, don't raise your hand, but just know this prayer is for you. So raise your hand right now or don't, it doesn't matter. I just want to say, God, please forgive us. Humble our hearts, open our eyes, that we may see what you've done for us. And how you gave the example. You didn't come to be right. That would be so easy. You came to make us right. And so we may take it upon us to go out and learn, to go out and listen, and to make right those relationships that we feel tension around right now. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, because maybe you think there's no way Jesus could know. There's no way he could really understand. I want you to know that's what the first 30 years of his life was for. For you to understand, for him to understand, for him to be able to say, look you in the eyes and go, I get it. I hear you. I understand. And I think you'll be amazed if you'll go to him and ask him. Just tell him where you're coming from, what's going on. You'll be amazed at how good of a listener he is and how much he gets it. And if you're here today and you realize that he gets it and he gets you and you want to give your life to him, I'm just going to give you a little prayer to follow there quietly. You can do this here. You can do it at home. It doesn't matter where you do it. This prayer isn't important. What is important is that your heart turns to him and you make him Lord. So real quietly, just where you are, just say, Jesus, I come to you. And I've been running from you. I haven't been listening to you. I've been avoiding you. I've had arguments with you. But today, for some reason, I get it. I get you're for me, not against me. I get you love me. And everything you did was to make me right. Was to make us right. And I'm going to call you Lord for the rest of my life. 
and I want to do everything I can to follow you and love others as you've loved me. If that's your prayer today, you just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. I just want to let you know. God, I just want to thank you for what you're doing and that you give us that ability to come to you and follow you. Lord, may we go out today and share what you've done in our lives. Share the good news. And may we know, Lord, that any conversation we have with you, just like Megan taught us earlier, it's just part of the journey, a journey that will continue on, not just in this life, but in eternity. Because, Lord, there's always something new to find out about you. And we thank you for that. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.